to the I Love Cambridge podcast, the show that brings you great stories from people in our community in many different businesses and walks of life. With your host, Walter Montero, a real estate and mortgage agent in Cambridge, Ontario, and had the privilege of serving the Cambridge community since 1987. Tune in and enjoy this week's episode. Our guest today is Lois Rotz, a Waterloo-based business and personal development coach. Today, she shares how she got started in business and how she has been able to assist many clients with the various challenges that come with running a business. Tune in and enjoy this week's episode. Good afternoon. Uh, It's Walter Montero with I Love Cambridge. Today, we have a guest by the name of Lois Ratz, uh, and Lois is a business consultant with Ready to Grow. Uh, Welcome to uh, the I Love Cambridge podcast, Lois. Thanks, Walter. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about Ready to Grow and yourself and, and, and what your business entails. So um, I started Ready to Grow 13 years ago, and uh, I started it because I'd been a professional myself for many years and had been seeking to grow my business. And I, I just needed to um, develop some resources, both for myself and then for my, my clients. And so I work a lot with uh, service providers uh, various types, all kinds of folks, uh, chiropractors to media people to creatives to just all kinds of people. Um, but the main thing is I find that um, owners who are creative, they actually need systems and uh, they need sometimes help in building the systems that sustain growth. Uh, so that's what I focus on and I build everything around best practices. So I've done uh, um, just a ton of research over the years, understanding what is a best practice uh, what's going to be a best practice in this industry at this for this type of business, and then um, we work with uh, those kinds of ideas. I see, I see. Okay, so uh, on your website, I, I, w- I was online there, and it says your services include emerge, uh, elevate, and exit. Can you explain that a little bit to us? I can, and actually, if I could use the um, PowerPoint a little sure. bit. Sure. Yeah. That there. Um, I'm going to just pull this up because it kind of explains a lot of things um, and there's way too much information on here but uh, if you just direct your attention to the bottom of the slide here um, um, the way I see growth is that there's a number of phases uh, this looks linear like all in a line it, of course it doesn't really go like that it goes more you know kind of like this um, cluster. yeah uh, there, you know there's a lot of a lot of uh, moving parts and, and so on but um, I, the way it works is that the beginning stage businesses usually need more clients, more sales, more uh, better marketing, better you know messaging, all that kind of stuff. So when they're in the earlier stages, that's usually the sort of thing that we focus on. Um, and I call those clients in that one to 10 employee range, I call those my eMERGE clients because their business is usually emerging and those are the tasks that they need to do, get more clients, get more sales, steady cash flow, that kind of thing. Um, but see, as they get along and they, and they start to be more successful, um, they have to start focusing on other stuff because here they've got revenue coming in and they've got clients at the door, uh, but do they have the team to support that? Do they have the systems and processes that will make sure that the clients get the very best possible experience? Uh, you know, do they have ideas for the future, like say down the road, if they wanted to exit or they wanted to, um, you know, uh, bring a partner in or whatever they want to do, like, do they, are they ready for that? And so that's the whole concept behind 
ready to grow. Uh, really, it takes a, a specific kind of learning and a specific set of skills to move from one level to the next. And uh, that's where I, a person like me uh, would come in to kind of figure out what this, what's the lay of that land and then how can we get this business to the point it wants to go. I see. I see. Okay. So, um, when how did how did you how did you start into this business? So, like uh, when you you said you've been you've been doing this now for thirteen years. What what inspired you to get into business consulting? Uh, great question. So, really, I've done the same thing all my entire career, but I've done it in a, in a few different places. So, when I started, um, and what I the thing that I do is I make change occur. So that's my job. So a, a company wants change. Uh, they don't know quite what they need to do to get there. So then they would ask a person like me whose specialty is helping change to occur. Okay, and we wanna make sure it's not just any old change, it should be the right change. It should be okay. the change that suits this business at this time in this industry that's gonna actually drive things forward. I started my career uh, in the counseling field and it, it was such a great preparation uh, in all kinds of ways for working with people because um, change is the hardest thing. It's very hard to change. We get used to our ways of doing things and we don't like to the idea that we have to shift. And uh, so, so uh, it, it was a really good training ground for what I, what I do now. I took the career counseling part of what I did and then I started to work in organizations because organizations need help. And um, so I did that for a couple of years with a business partner. And then uh, about 13 years ago, uh, she, her, actually about 14 years ago, I guess, she um, uh, moved away and things shifted. So I had to rethink things. And I said, okay, well, what is the part of that business I love the best? And actually it was working with the smallest owners. That's what I love to do the most or just any business owner really. Um, nice. Yeah, and so that's how I started this. Um, and uh, when I started, of course, when you start, you don't really know what you're doing, right? And you don't really know what you're in for, uh, but you do it anyway. And you just keep doing it until something works. And then you just do it, do more of that and then and so on. So really, uh, all of us have this learning curve. Uh, I was no different. And um, I really uh, used the lessons that I've learned over the years to build the best possible kinds of resources, the ones that actually work with people. Mm -hmm. um, that aren't too abstract, uh, that are concrete and practical. Uh, so I have a lot of different ideas and tools that I use that seem to work um, to actually strengthen and grow a business. I see. Okay. So now one of the things you mentioned is your, your ideal client sounds like a, like a small business owner or somebody in a consultant type of uh, uh, environment, like a chiropractor or uh, something along those lines. What 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 is what in a perfect world? What is your ideal client? Uh, so my ideal client would be uh, an owner of a business. They usually have some kind of professional expertise. I work with uh, professions, everything from um, the healthcare professions to things like construction, legal. Um, as I say, marketing, media, just all kinds of professions. So these are people who started something um, by doing something they love to do and probably do very well. Uh, but what they don't know is how to turn it into a business, how to make money with it, how to actually, without like, like um, you know, sacrificing their values or something, um, and then how to um, really grow that business to the point where they're happy with it. Uh, not everybody wants to get big, but most businesses want to get better. They yes. Want, they want to serve better. They would like to have more clients. They would, you know, there's all kinds of things they might like. Um, so 
that's the, that's the kind of, that would be my ideal client. So uh, a business owner with 30 year employees or less. Um, and because if they get bigger, then they're probably going to have somebody on staff to do the kinds of thinking that I would do. Um, right. that I can work with them, but uh, my focus is small businesses and yep. uh, the ones who actually need the most help. I see. So you're basically taking somebody almost from a, from a technical perspective, they know how to do what they're, what they've been trained to do. They just don't know how to do the business part of that. Correct. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Got it. And, and just okay. how to, how to think and how to migrate across these barriers. So if you look at this, you look at this diagram here, um, every time you move, like from a seed to a startup or from a startup to a growth company, you can, I don't know if you can see it there, yep. but there's a white line down there. And what yep. that, what that says to me is that's a barrier because if you don't know how to cross that barrier, it's going to be hard to get to that next level. So yep. um, the, the consultant, the role of the consultant and coach is to come in and say, all right, what does it need to move this startup into a growth phase? What does it need to take the growth business into a more stable uh, long-term uh, kind of company? Um, and then, and then we try and figure out what are the set of tasks and projects that are going to make that happen. Okay, good. So now, obviously, everybody's sort of got a you know the favorite part of their business. What would you say is the most enjoyable part of your business? Oh, you ask such good questions. Thank you. <laughs> no, I love to talk about this stuff. Um, so uh, I, I really think for me, it's helping people uh, get past a stuck point uh, that's been that's that's keeping them from getting to where they could go, right? And so there's the idea of empowering the owner, fulfilling potential, and all those airy-fairy words that are actually very powerful when you're the one experiencing them. Uh, so I just, I'd love to just get people unstuck and moving again. That's really the thing I love the most. Perfect, okay. Now, um, I've been in the, in the real estate and mortgage business now for 32 years, and, and I've gotta say that there's probably never been a time where I've seen more uh, business coaches, consultants, and that sort of thing. What what would you say separates you from your competitors? Well, that's a that's a really fun question. I'll tell you uh, one fun aspect of it for me is I've actually been a coach since before the field emerged. I've been a certified life coach since 1981. Oh wow! Uh, okay. That kind of dates me. <laughs> And, and it was such an emerging field that I, and I wasn't in it for a while. So I kind of, I kind of, and then I went through, went through my transition into, um, you know, consulting, coaching and so on. I didn't actually even know what to call myself because it was, I was just out of it. Um, and when I came back into it, the field had gotten so much bigger. So the reason why there's so many is because uh, in part, there was a guy back in the eighties named Thomas Leonard who had this vision that there should be at least a hundred thousand coaches. Um, oh, wow. And yeah, and, and, and I'm, it's so interesting because although he passed away at, at an early age, um, his vision has come true. There's like a billion coaches. So the, 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 the thing that you're looking for in a coach is number one, uh, do I connect with this person? Like, does this person make sense to me? Um, you know, number two, um, does this person have like the experience or the credentials that are going to be helpful to me? Mm -hmm. um, uh, and then the other thing would be, can this person teach me what I need to know uh, as opposed to just like laying something on me I don't know what to do with? Yeah. Uh, I feel so strongly about that last point that I only associate with other consultants who know how to teach because if the client can't take it in, it's kind of useless. 
so, so that, that those would be three points. And so what separates me out from, from others is that I have this ability to listen to what is most important and focus in on that. I will bring every resource in my, uh, you know, my rep repertoire to that thing. Um, and believe me, I have like 90,000 files in my Dropbox. Okay. <laughs> okay. customizable, right? Yes, for sure. Right. And so, so we bring that to bear. And then I, I know how to make it understandable in a way that suits this particular, this particular client. Because um, clients are all different. They, some learn by this and some learn by that and some don't learn at all. And some, you know, some have to hit them over the head. Uh, so you really need to know how to customize their learning in a way that suits them. And I'm really good at doing that. I love Perfect. doing that. Perfect, good. Now, are, are, do you work on your, uh, on your own or do you have other coaches on staff? Uh, so I am a solopreneur myself. Okay, um, I have a very, very large network. So anytime a client is stuck and I think, well, this person would be better served by this type of help, mm -hmm. uh, I immediately know who I'm going to call. And as I say, um, I have criteria and one of them is that they, the person has to be relatable, know what they're doing and able to adapt them their stuff for this person. Um, so it works pretty well. And that way I'm not tied into, um, you know, some, large structure that is that I'm spending all my time maintaining. Uh, that being said, I'm ex I am expanding and I'm uh, developing online tools and writing books. Uh, that's my oh, couple of years. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I just really want to expand um, the impact of the set of ideas that I've learned are true uh, most of the time. Um, and so that's what I'm up to in the next couple of years. Yeah. Great. Sounds exciting. Yeah. Thank you. So what would you say is, is the, maybe the most common mistake or or the number one challenge that your you know typical client faces um that is a great question um the the first challenge is um not knowing the lay of the land not knowing what their question is or who to ask it's that confusion right? That's, that's the number one problem that people would feel. So they often are having a symptom and they don't even know they could get help to fix it. Um, and, and that you got to overcome that. So that's partly why I want to get my message out there. Um, and I'm happy to, you know, help anyone else get their messages out there too. Any other helping uh, folks? Um, because owners, there's so much help available, but owners don't know how to think about it. So once we get them connected in there with the right resources, uh, then the next challenge is to correctly define the set of problems because uh, it, it may not be what they thought. Uh, so they will have certain symptoms. So like maybe they have this symptom that they can't keep people on their team or they can't find good employees, right? That's a very, very complex problem. <laughs> yes, for sure. Usually it actually relates back to something like marketing. So in messaging, because they're not messaging the, the job and the role in the business and to attract the people that they want to attract. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we would fix that in a different kind of way than maybe they thought. Um, you know, another issue would be, well, I don't have enough clients coming in the door. Uh, and if we dig it, dig and dig and dig, um, what we find is that they actually don't have a clear enough um, brand and they don't, their messaging isn't very clear or it's not reaching out to the people that they actually want to serve. Uh, so that's a whole different way of thinking about it. So we have to make sure that we're, we, we ask careful questions to uh, let them like really define the thing in the way that is going to produce um, the result that they're looking for. Okay. So uh, when, when should a business owner uh, 
uh, come sort of cons or consider having to hire uh, a business consultant like yourself? So I actually think it should be a lot easier than most people feel it is. Um, I've been working very hard to make it easier and easier for people to come on board with me. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm uh, packaging my services so it's easy for them to understand what they can expect. Um, I'm, uh, I've got different ways of offering what I do so that uh, they can jump on, uh, on board in, in whatever way is going to work for them. Um, and so, uh, sorry, I lost the question. Can you ask it again? Yeah. So when, when should somebody consider hiring a business consultant? When, 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 do they, when should so, they come to the realization they need your services? Yeah, so, like so I'm, the, the point I'm, I'm migrating to is that it should be just as easy to hire a business consultant as it is to hire a bookkeeper or yep. um, an accountant or some other person that they may be from more, more familiar with. Uh, I feel very strongly about that because um, they have their expertises, but their expertise is not change. Yes. Uh, you know, accountants are wonderful at what they do, but they tend to work with what's happened in the past. They don't always think about or help the client think about what's going to be next. Sometimes they do, but often they don't. Um, yeah. So, so we want to make sure that um, the owner knows that it's very possible to find change agents. That's really what they need. They need a change, uh, a person who's an expert, in making the right change happen. Right. So, so if, if, if you're saying that a business consultant is, is just as vital as having your accountant, uh, your lawyer, uh, anybody that's involved in the business, a business coach should be along, right along with that. I would totally say that. I'm a little biased, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, I totally, that's exactly what I think. Yeah. Well, I, I always think that when, you know, when you take a look at a guy like, for example, Tiger Woods, who is a fantastic golfer, he still has a coach. So if he yeah. needs a coach, then obviously everybody needs a coach. Well, this is what, I, this is what is so puzzling to me because everybody's familiar with the idea of the sports coach, but why yes. would you not have like um, a business coach or a relationship coach. And, you know, these, like, we don't cost the, an arm and a leg. Like, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, we can add so much value for not much money. So um, uh, I just really, uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad that you provided this uh, forum so I can uh, at least state that because I, I feel really strongly about it. Thank you. Awesome. Very good. So obviously the name of our show is called I Love Cambridge. Um, now I, I looked up on your, on your LinkedIn profile. You're, you're actually labeled in Waterloo. I am. Right? Yes, or do you I'm live in Cambridge? Cambridge? Yeah, but see, I've been uh, raised in, I was born and raised in Kitchener, Waterloo. Okay. And Cambridge is about the only place I haven't lived. Uh, oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> so tell, tell me, what, 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 what do you love about Cambridge? I, I love, I just love the idea that um, I can go down there and go shopping. Uh, that's one thing I love, right? Like, like if there's anything that Cambridge is good at, it's Highway 24. Um, oh, yeah, that's so, uh, for sure. Right? So, so, yeah, but I just think the spirit of um, Cambridge is one of the, like, I love the spirit of, of, of Cambridge as a community because mm -hmm. it's, it's, it, it's like Kitchener and, and, and Waterloo in the sense that um, if it's got a problem, it's going to um, band together and try and fix it. It's going to... Yeah. We work together to fix stuff. And I've seen that in all kinds of ways, especially in the last few years. There's just, there's issue, issues that have come up and Cambridge folks are really going after the solutions. Yeah, for sure. Well, Cam Cambridge certainly knows how to make their uh, position uh, known and vocal. <laughs> for sure. So uh, is there any, anything that you like to do in Cambridge other than shop? Is there maybe a favorite restaurant that you come down to here while you're down here? Or? Um, well, 
I'm, I'm, I've gone to that wonderful um, restaurant right on the Grand River. Uh, oh, the mill, the Cambridge Mill. Yeah, the Cambridge Mill. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've attended weddings and other things there, and that's one of my favorite places. I think it's yeah, such a yeah. Place. Um, and then I've also um, gone to events at um, uh, over in the. Uh, oh, you know what? I, I hate when my brain does this to me. Anyway. <laughs> You know, the exclusive place over on the uh, west side there. Um, oh, Langdon Hall. Yeah, Langdon Hall. Yeah, yeah. oh, that's beautiful too. Yeah, it, it really yeah. is beautiful there. And, um, oh, just, I don't know. I love the river, uh, the river that runs through Cambridge. Uh, my naturopath is in Cambridge. And every time I go see her, um, I have to drive down by, you know, the, the uh, rare natural. Area. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, so beautiful there. And then, you know, of course, you cross the river and, you know, in different ways. I just think it's a beautiful community and it has so much uh, potential uh, to develop over time. Yes, for sure. I, I totally agree with you. I'm, I'm biased myself to Cambridge. My family immigrated here in 66 and we I've never left. So uh, I, I like it here for sure. Now, let me ask you if you, if you maybe a little bit hard for you to answer because you're, you're, you don't live here, but if you had a magic wand, what would you change about Cambridge? Oh, that's a really great question. Um, I have ideas about that, but they may not be that popular. <laughs> I'll just mention that, um, and I don't think it's rocket science, like Cambridge um, could use a real hub at the center, like one central hub. I yep. don't even know how that could happen because it really is three communities. Yes. Um, but it, it would really help if there was um, a central place that everybody called their home. Yes. Uh, so uh, it's a challenge. I, I don't really know what needs to happen about it. Uh, in the meantime, each of the each of the you know the sort of smaller communities that make up Cambridge, um, they've got some really fantastic things going on. Like like Hesper is growing like a weed. Beautiful. Yeah, they've got some great stuff going on there. Yeah, and Preston's really renewing itself, mm -hmm. like that, that Main Street area. And then yep. of course uh, Galt has always been a beautiful area, and it's really working on uh, maintaining its heritage. So there's just some really great things going on all all over the area. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I think over time it will probably change. I know that, you know, even though the amalgamation happened, I believe in 73, you know, there's there's still that whole Galt, Preston, Hespler mentality. But what's very interesting, especially with us on the real estate side, when we have people coming in from out of town, uh, you know, it's funny, we'll follow up with them two or three months later and and just ask them how, how they're doing. And and they always ask the question, tell me about the dynamics of Galt, Preston, and Hesper. We don't get it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's you know, every, every uh, community has had that. Like, if you think about Toronto, and it's had yeah. the borough of York, and it's, yeah. you know, my, my in-laws in -laws lived in the borough of York, but they really wish they lived in Etobicoke. You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> like it had yeah. all these component communities. Um, yes, so for sure. Um, I, just, I just think it's a really... Uh, I, it has to be seen as a strength and worked with. It's yeah, for sure. For one sure. of those things that, you know, has to kind of, there needs to be a uh, sort of a collaborative solution uh, to yeah, it. I totally agree. Now, uh, Lois, I want to thank you for being a guest on the show. Now, but, but before we wrap up, is is there any question that uh, that I should have asked you that I didn't? Oh, thanks for mentioning that. So, um, uh, one of the things that I would love to just uh, get a shout out about is my upcoming uh, goalkeepers event. Oh, okay, great. Uh, it's, it's part of the reason my ears perked up when uh, Stephanie was interviewed okay, on yeah. about Cambridge is because I'm yeah. actually holding it in Cambridge. Um, right. 
I'm holding it, and I wrote this down. Oh, here. Um, I, and I'm holding it at the Galt Collective, which is at 135 George Street. Um, okay. Yeah, and, and, and that's a really cool co-working space. Um, and I love to hold these things in co-working spaces because the owners I love to work with often are kind of hanging out there. Um, okay. So I'm holding this thing at, at the Galt Collective September 20th. It's a morning event. And um, I've started to run goalkeepers not just as a one-day annual, but as four quarterly events so that we can focus on um, a specific area of business for 90 days. So the area that's coming up is um, client process and helping um, owners strengthen how their clients experience their business. Um, the upshot of which is that the clients love their business so much that they start to sell their business for the, for you. Right? So it's like, um, it's a, it's a really cool um, set of ideas. So if anybody's interested in that, uh, you can just go to my website, readytogrow.com. That's a number two in the middle, not the word two. Readytogrow.com. And uh, you'll find an event link on there. And then, uh, you know, if you're interested, you can sign up. Or if you have any questions, just give me a shout. Good. And social media, you're on LinkedIn and Facebook. And, yeah. and that's I, Yeah, I'm on, I'm on uh, pretty well. Uh, All of them. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. And uh, just to clarify what the, where the Galt Collective is, uh, I'm, I'm just going to give some Cambridge speak here. It's, okay. it's in the Black Wing coffee, uh, right. coffee shop building, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. Right across from Dixon Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. a great Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Cool. Thank you so much, Walter. No problem. Thank you. Thank you for being a guest. Thank you. Okay. Well, have a great day. Thanks for listening to I Love Cambridge with Walter Montero. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest updates to I Love Cambridge, you can check ilovecambridge.ca and you like our Facebook page, I Love Cambridge, Ontario. Thanks again. See you next time.